have uh, two stories. And um, let's talk about Doc Rivers. Um, he now has another job. Um, let me say this. I thought Doc Rivers was... I never... I, I believed that he was going to coach again. I had no doubt about that. I believed he would get a job by next season. But... He, I mean, it's been three days. They parted ways three days ago. I didn't think he would get a job this quickly. Okay, but he has now agreed. Um, he's reached a five-year agreement on a uh, reached an agreement on a five-year deal to become the next coach of the 76ers. Uh, this was this was on Thursday. Now. Do I think he's the answer? No. I don't. Um, will Dockerers help them? I don't believe so. I actually think he will hurt them. But the more important factor... Okay, so here's what we have. Here's what we're looking at. Um, so, uh, Joel Embiid's contract um, is up in uh, 2020. 2024. Ben Simmons, he's there from this year, next year, 2021 slash 2022. He's there 2022 slash 2023, and he's there 2023 slash 2024. So Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are there for the foreseeable future. Now, they are the problem. Um, what um, Elton Brand um, who is, uh, if you don't know who that is, that's, that's the general manager of the 76ers. Here's what he has to decide, um, along with, um, you know, the owners of the, uh, of the 76ers, uh, uh, David Blitzer and Josh Harris, I think his name is. Here's what he has to do. Elton Brand has to say, look, it's not working with these two together. We have to choose one. There, there, one of them has to be the focus. One, And here's the thing. It's not just one of them has to be the focus. The other one has to go to another team. Ben Simmons can play. Joel Embiid can play when he's healthy. Ben Simmons can play when he's healthy. But we have been trying this for far too long far too long you know it's trust the process okay the process the process has run its course the 76ers need to need to choose this day who they're going to get behind Simmons or Embiid get rid of the other one pick one and get rid of the other Doc Rivers is not the answer now again I'm not saying Doc Rivers is a bad coach but I think what they're trying to do is they are taking they are taking the focus away from the problem, which is which is Joel Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons, by looking at Doc Rivers and saying, "Okay, well, he's going to implement a new system. You know, he's coached. You know, he's worked with Tobias Harris, so that's going to be good for them." And I believe that will um, have that will help Harris. Because that's, uh, you know, 
Harris has his he had his best years under uh, Doc Rivers, but Doc Rivers is not the solution. Coaching does play a factor, but see, here's the thing. I, I've said this multiple times. You need to have a primary goal. What is the what is your primary goal? Okay, focus on that. Because everything everything under that, everything that is not the number one priority will suffer. That's just the truth. Okay, so what do I mean by that? You have to choose Who's going to be the best one? Who's going who's going to be the guy who leads you? You can't have a balance of two of two stars and say, no, well, we'll try to get you guys all your touches, you know, make sure you get you know, make sure you get your twenty, make sure you get your twenty-five, and we'll run some plays for you, run some plays for you. You need to have a primary focus. I remember when the Heat, uh LeBron James, Chris Bosch, and Dwayne Wade teamed up in Miami. Um it was a very interesting team, but they were not successful the first the first year. Why? Because they they said, "Okay, it's our team." And now now that's a good mentality. Cuz it's like, you know, you need you need everyone to win. You have to work together. It's a team effort. But the error was, "Okay, whose team is it? Who is the leader?" Until the Heat said, LeBron James, it's his team. They asked Dwayne Wade one time, they said, whose team is it? The next season, he said, it's LeBron's. Once the, once the focus was, once you all had the same vision, it once you all say, okay, that's the guy. That's the person we need to get behind. That's the person who is going to take us and lead us into the promised land. That's when they started being successful. Jesus said it, Abraham Lincoln said it, a house divided against itself cannot stand. You have to choose. You can't you can't split it. We 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 we've tried this. This experiment has been done multiple times. Multiple multiple times. And my and what I always like to say is how many times do you need to run an experiment before you realize it before you Accept the conclusion. It's like, you know, going political just for a second. It's like when people talk about socialism or communism. It's it's it, it's done. They say, well, you know, you know, socialism is better than capitalism. But we know we there's I can think of like at least twenty no, probably like probably like thirty almost 30 examples of countries that were socialist or are socialist and they have been absolutely disastrous so we now have at least 29 experiments that i can think of concerning socialism and it's like ex- uh experiment one result fail experiment two uh result fail experiment three result fail experiment four result fail how many times do you have to go through the same thing and have the same idea and have the same and same process and have the same foundation before you realize this doesn't work. This doesn't work. 
So congratulations to doctors for finding a job. Um, work is an important thing in, in life. But this is just, it's maddening. It's maddening. When I, when I look at the 76ers, I'm like, okay, okay, pick one. Who, now, who should they pick? I would say Ben Simmons, cause Joel Embiid, his work ethic, man, it, it just doesn't seem there. And, you know, he's tall and so he's injury prone. He already, you know, battled a bunch of injuries. So, between, let, let, let me say this, I'm not a fan of either of them. Both of them, uh, grind my gears, but if I had to choose one, I would say, okay, we're going with Ben Simmons. Uh, Joel, thank you for your help. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your efforts. Um, but it's time to divorce. It's time to go our separate ways. It's time for you to go. We're not saying you can't play. We're just saying you, you have to go somewhere else. Maybe you will succeed even more somewhere else. But we have two, we have two stars. One has to be the leader. One has to be the leader and the other one just has to go. So that's really, really huge. Um, Sixers general manager Elton Brand on Monday reached out to Rivers and his agent, Lonnie Cooper, to gauge interest in the Sixers job. Rivers soon was on a flight to Philadelphia where meetings on Wednesday with Brand and owners uh, Josh Harris and David Blitzer have the sides moving quickly toward negotiating a multi-year deal. Rivers takes over a Sixers team that lost in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs and continues to consider changes to a roster that Brand remains determined to construct around All-Stars Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. There's also hope that a reunion with Rivers can be impactful in uh, forward Tobias Harris maximizing his play with the Sixers. Rivers was a late entry into a process that has become increasingly focused on former Houston Rockets coach Mike D'Antoni. Rivers has had been intrigued enough with the roster, marketplace, and organization to fly from the West Coast to sit down with the Philadelphia's hierarchy. So, you know, congratulations to um, Doc Rivers, but uh, I'm looking at you, Elton Brand. I'm looking at you. You need to make a decision. What do you want to do? Who are you going to get behind? Who who are you going to hand the keys to the franchise to? Let's look at let's look at um now let me say this about the Sixers. Relatively they're a young team. Um this is according to basketballreference.com. Tobias Harris has eight years experience. Uh Furkan Korkmaz has two years. Mike Scott, seven years. Al Horford, 12. Matisse Thibault, uh, uh, was a rookie. Ben Simmons has technically two years. Josh Richardson, uh, four years. Raul Nito, four years. Joel Embiid, three years. Shake Milton, one year. Kylo Quinn, seven years. Norvell Pell, rookie. Alec Burks, eight years. Glenn Robinson, the third, five years. Zaire Smith, one year, uh, Mariel Shayok, rookie, and I apologize if, if I mispronounce your names, I'm not good with names, Ryan Brokoff, one year, so, it is, it is a, it's an important thing, it, it, this is a, a you know, 
a young team, but the the problem and and the solution. Here's the thing: you want to say trust the process? Okay, it's time to start a new process. I feel like I've been hearing trust the process since I was in middle school. I've gone through middle school, gone through high school, gone halfway through college, and I'm still hearing trust the process. No, that process is finished. That process has run its course. It's time for a new one. It's time for somebody to go. Okay. Um, so that is, that's that. Um, the next thing, uh, Kiera Knightley is in the news. And, um, she is, she's not critiquing fathers. She's critiquing society and how, uh, how she believes that fathers are praised for very basic things. Um, so let's, let's get into this. Kara Knightley wants us to stop praising dads for basic parental duties. This is from uh, Today.com. Why are men applauded for changing a diaper? That's what Kara Knightley wants to know. It's really rare to see a guy at a children's daycare. And if he is, people say, Ooh, what a lovely dad. Look at him looking after his own children. Knightley35 told Hello Giggles. Um, you would never say that to a woman. The British actress who shares daughters, uh, Eddie, five, and Delilah won with her husband, Rocker James Wrighton, noted that working fathers are rarely asked about work-life balance. Um, why do we not engage men in that conversation, Knightley wondered. Why do we not expect a working man to be looking after their children as much as their partner is? Why do we assume that they don't feel guilty about not spending enough time with their children as well? She added that men are given a free pass when it comes to child care. Early this year, Knightley revealed that Ryden is never quizzed about who is caring for their kids. It's not expected that men um, should look after their children. It's seen as a bonus. She said while speaking with Porter, Even in the workplace, my husband is never asked about child care, whereas that would be asked of me. So what are you doing with the kids? Uh, Knightley, a feminist activist, who rose to fame in her teens, has spoken out on several occasions about the objectification she's faced in Hollywood. Last year on the Feminist Don't Wear Pink podcast, Knightley claimed that her 2002 film, Bend It Like Beckham, was originally pitched as a sexy soccer film with girls in shorts. She also recalled being hounded by paparazzi and reporters after the King Arthur premiere in 2004. There were 10 men outside my door screaming at me, and they didn't leave me leave for about the next four years she said suddenly it was all about whatever boyfriend i might have or might not have how thin i was or how thin i wasn't what my lips were like or had i had plastic surgery okay thank you kiera now let me let me just address some of these things um and you know let me let me let me say this i when it, so let's just look at the first line. Why are men applauded for changing a diaper? Personally, I'm I'm told I I look at this and I'm like, okay, I believe that there are certain basic duties as parents, regardless of whether you're a mom or dad, where it's like you shouldn't receive praise for something because it's like that's just 
That's a basic part of being a parent. Changing diapers, feeding, uh, feeding the, feeding your children, uh, having a roof over their head, making sure they have clothes to wear. Um, you know, you know, getting them to school. These are all responsibilities that come with being a parent. When, uh, you have sex and you get, uh, a couple gets pregnant, it's like, okay, here we go. It's, it's time. Okay. It's time for us to get to work. How are we going to do this? What's going to, what's the balance going to be like? So all these things are important factors. That's tremendously huge. And I personally believe where it's like, you know, and this, this is just a quick side on before I, before I get more into what I'm going to say. One thing, you know, one thing, you know, I hate when people talk about is uh, when parents try to say, oh, you know, I, you know, you know, I take care of you and I do, you know, I do such a great job. Look at all that I do for you. And it's like, that doesn't, and again, I'm not a parent, but I still understand, look, that's part of the, that's part of the responsibility of being a parent. You don't. You don't get a pat on the back for doing your job. For doing your, you know, your basic job. It's like, look at all, look at all that I do for you. Look at how I, you know, look at how I, you know, raised you and protected you and gave you clothes to wear and food to eat. That's part of the job. You don't get a, you don't, you shouldn't be applauded for doing your job. That's what you're supposed to do. That's part of the job description. I just hate when parents do that. And that's kind of one of my annoyances about Mother's Day and Father's Day, the words like, Wow, they're just so amazing, and it's like, uh, not really. Uh, I think I think those days are overrated, um, especially especially uh, Mother's Day because it's like people go all out for Mother's Day, which you know. Anyway, let me let me get to uh, the basic um, point here that I'm trying to make. So, um, so women financially, um, women's contributions two households have been growing and that's real that's really interesting um but americans still see men as financial providers let me say this that's not going away that's not going away because you can go back to ancient times there's a book um that i'm actually reading right now it's called uh, what women want men to know and it's by, uh, it's by Barbara, Barbara DeAngelis, I want to say, um, Barbara DeAngelis, but, um, it's a fantastic book and she makes a tremendous point. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from it. So this is from page 51. Women define and value themselves by how successfully they love and relate. Men define and value themselves by how successfully they achieve and accomplish. Now, let me go, let me go down. Um, simply put, in more primitive times, a man's value was measured by his ability to hunt and provide his family or group with food, his ability to defend himself and those he was responsible for, and his standing in the tribe or community. His success at these tasks literally meant life or death for him and those he loved. Still today, society judges men on how much money they make, how high up the ladder of success they've climbed, how successful they are at quote-unquote hunting, as demonstrated by their house, their car, their clothing, etc. Um, so, in, 
small summary, meta judged on status. Okay, now listen to this. A woman in primitive times, on the other hand, was valued for very different characteristics. Her ability to take care of a man and their children. Her ability to emotionally and sexually satisfy him and thereby keep him interested enough to continue providing for and protecting her. Her ability to get along with him, his relatives, and other members of the community. Her success at these tasks also had life and death consequences. So women are judged on their uh, relationships, if there's a way you could put it. So that's extremely that's extremely huge. So I understand what Kiara Knightley is saying, and I I agree. I would say I would say I would at least half agree. But I also say this. I I would say to Kiara, if, you know, if she was sitting across from her, and I'd be like, you know, Kiara, you know, you're a parent. I am not. But men, historically, women have been homemakers. So that mindset is always going to be there. So it's like, oh, okay, when you think, you know, when you think of, that's why you hear the term, you know, soccer mom, um, uh, team, you know, a team mom, whatever. You hear those things because, because what women tend to do, women, yes, they can have careers and they can have all those things, but, uh, what Barbara DeAngelis also, also says, um, is she, she talks about, um, how, uh, men, what they do is that women, women focus, they can do a lot of things, but they're still thinking about the love, love is like at the center of their life. So whether it's their boyfriend, their husband, their children, um, their friends, that's what they're folk that's part of what they're focusing at least all the time and men focus on one thing at a time so ladies though part of them is always thinking about oh how's the family doing okay what am i going to cook you know for dinner you know what am i going to do when i get home okay so who has what after school today so they're thinking of all of these things and that's historically been the woman's job and how and how a woman is seen and how a woman is is judged. A man is focusing on, you know, okay, so I have this project to do at work. Um, I gotta get I gotta get that turned into my boss by. Oh man, it's it's four thirty. It's gotta be in by five fifteen. Uh, I gotta hurry up and finish that. Um, and it's those things. Men. Look at it this way. Men have been judged on how they do outside the castle. Women are judged on how they do inside the castle. So it may, it makes sense that these questions are more associated with, uh, with women and that the standard for dads in society's view is seen as lower than a woman's. And also, you know, I talked about this with the gender wage gap, quote unquote gender wage gap, I should say. You know, men tend to work more hours than women. Men are more willing to travel. Men work more dangerous jobs. So when it comes to homemaking, women are better than that. Women are willing to, to give up money. Um, in turn, when, they, when they're negotiating, they're like, okay, I'd rather have a freer schedule if I have to leave quickly 
I'd rather be able to do that than, you know, have, than make more money. I want to go to, to, I want to go to, uh, Johnny's football game. I want to go to, uh, Sally's, uh, dance recital. So I try to free up my schedule and focus on things around that. Men, that, that, and that's just part, that's just part of it. So I understand Kira's, um, uh, uh, I, I understand what she's saying. And I do agree. I think the standard for, uh, dads shouldn't be higher because they are also a parent and they were part of the pregnancy taking place. You know, they're 50% of it. So they have responsibility to take. And it's like, okay, dad, you changed a diaper. So what? That comes, that comes with the territory. That comes with the, that comes with the responsibility. That's part of the responsibility that comes with the job title of dad slash father. Oh, you made lunch for the kids. Yeah, you're supposed to do that. That's part of it. Oh, you picked up your kid on time from school today. Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of the job. That's just, that's just, that's just how it is. So this is from PewResearch.org, and I thought this was very interesting. So men still, uh, couples today, uh, for couples today, a growing share of women are providers, but public looks to men for financial support. And again, I, I've said this about dating and, you know, the dating and mating game. Women are judged by their youth and their beauty, so their ability to have children, their looks and all those things, and their, you know, their, their status with their friends, you know, how do you treat your family and stuff like that. Where men are judged on, um, men are judged on uh, wealth and status. That's how men are judged. So that, so that is a huge, you know, part of it. So I personally, I personally believe that men will always be, um, and plus women are naturally hypergamous, so that just kind of feeds into, that feeds into these factors. Um, because women usually, they want, they usually tend to want men who date, who are, at, who make at least as much as they do or more. It's rare for a woman to to desire a man who makes less. It's just it, it it's rare. So that's really huge. So in 1980, 87% of couples um in 87% of couples the man earned more than the woman. And it was uh 13% uh, where women where women earned the same or more. That was in 1980. Jumped to 2017, so three years ago, uh, it's now 69% of couples where the man earns more than women, and uh, 31% in 2017 where the woman earns the same, if not more than the man. So there is a shift happening, but um, I think Kieran Knightley, I agree with you, but I would say Kara, you have to put that into perspective. Men are mo- men are more judged by what they do outside outside the home. Are you paying the bills? 
Are you financially, are you taking care of the finances in your family? Is your home, you know, is it safe? You know, is it is it easy for someone to break in? Because you're the, the man is the king of the castle. His job is to protect the castle. The woman is, okay, she takes care of the, in, the internal affairs, the social aspect. And I've said this before. You know, when it comes to a woman I'm looking for, and this is not really anything profound, but what I look for in a woman, I'm, I'm looking to take care of the responsi- the responsibilities outside. So the business aspect, the business and financial aspect of our family. I'm looking for uh, a wife who's going to lead in the social aspects. So, you know, you know, the recreation, the sports, the beach days, um, you know, Put on something nice to where we're going to go see, you know, a show. That's what I want her for. I want her for the social aspect of our life. Let me take care of the business. Let me take care of the finances. Let me figure this out. She will have input. I'm not saying she has no input and I would have no input in the social aspect. But there are certain areas where I would lead. There are certain areas where she would lead. And that's how marriage is supposed to be. So when it comes to this, it makes sense that the standard for men is lower when it comes to children. Should it be? I don't think so. I think I don't think men should be praised for, you know, changing a diaper. And by the way, I I have seen this. You know, and I remember when my brother was in preschool and we would go to pick him up. Usually those who picked up their kids were the moms. The moms uh, the sisters of the, of the child, the aunts, the cousins, the babysitters who would usually, most of the time, probably greater than 90% of the time, would be female. They, it would just, it would just be women doing these things. So I, I kinda understand Kira's, Kira's frustration, but I would say, Miss Knightley, you have to put it into some more, uh, into some better context.